The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. They have to win there. Tanner understands. Oh, anybody! John Hopkins baptizing the masses! Trying to save it. Jump ball here, and kept in place by Edwards. What a great they numbers. They got numbers. Edwards steps it in. Oh! The Boilers got a look up, baby! It is Tuesday evening, uh, January 5th, 2021. Happy New Year to everybody. First Boiler Breakdown episode of 2021. We ended 2020 on uh, doing another uh, little trivia episode. Hope everybody that tuned into that one or listened to that one enjoyed it. I know I had a lot of fun asking you guys the questions. And Evan, you're the the champ now. The champ is here. The champ is here. Uh, That was a a good time. That was a good time. I felt fun. Got to admit, I've watched uh, special guest Aaron Lynch. I've watched his uh, failed attempt at guessing Chris Kramer correctly a couple <laughs> times just because I get enjoyment out of it. So, um, But a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we were hoping to go live after the in, after the conclusion of the uh, Purdue-Nebraska game. Yeah, pretty 50-point uh, blowout win over Nebraska, right? So yeah, we had our fingers <laughs> crossed it was going to be a win and not a loss. Either way, we were looking forward to seeing what kind of engagement we could get with that. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll be able to do that in, in an upcoming game and in, in sometime in the future. We can go live right after the game ends. But COVID-19, like it does with every single thing in our lives right now, decided to rear its ugly head and interrupt – um, a game for the first time that impacts Purdue this season, mm-hmm. second time for the Big Ten. Um, the game has been postponed. Uh, hopefully they can make it up at a later date. But um, And it is on Nebraska's side that has the COVID issues, not Which Purdue. Is, I mean, obviously unfortunate for them, but 
good thing for us. We got some big games coming up. So yes, we do. Um, and we'll be hitting on that in a little bit. We have a trip up to East Lansing on Friday. So the guys get extra preparation for that. And then a trip down to Mackey South, um, simply Hall and Bloomington next Thursday. Uh, so this makes four road games in a row for the Boilermakers. And I don't like the long stretch of just two games. I mean, you get a long stretch from Illinois to Michigan state that's six days and then mm. you don't play for another six days until Indiana. That's, it's a lot of uh, empty time without getting on the court against somebody. Yeah, else. I, I forgot the uh, Michigan State game was a Friday. Kind of the, the I don't, have we played a Friday game this year? Yeah, we played um, um, Valparaiso was on a Friday. Oh, okay, yeah, that's oh, right. okay. Yeah. One of the, Valparaiso, Valparaiso yeah. was on a Friday. Yeah, and we have another. I want to say two more. I know we played okay. Michigan on a Friday, and I think we played somebody else. So, um, yeah, hopefully it goes better than our Friday night football game went <laughs> yeah yeah so but um since we did a trivia episode last week instead uh, and we didn't really get into the uh Rutgers game that happened um was it the day before or two days before the Rutgers game was the that was two days before that was yeah before, that was on yeah. Tuesday we recorded yeah. on the 31st so uh yeah. what would you take away from the Rutgers game that saw Purdue lose a close one out <laughs> East uh, Piscataway at the rack. Um, news right before tip was that Ron Harper Jr., who is Rutgers' best player, or at least arguably their best player, Geo Baker's pretty darn good too. Um, he wasn't playing. What was your takeaway from that game? Takeaways. I mean, going into it, I didn't, you know, didn't feel confident, and just because just because of how good Rutgers is, you know, Steve Pichel's done an amazing job since taking over. Uh, sure. Has. What, what year is this for him? This is third. Maybe no third or fourth. I want to say fourth, maybe. Yeah, Eddie Jordan was their previous head coach. Okay, I mean he's done. I mean he's turned that program around pretty quick. Um, I mean a, a team that really gave us trouble last year, so that's kind of what made me not very confident. It was just you know how would you know the guys who were, played a lot last year, being Sasha, Eric, um, Wheeler, and Travion. You know, how would they respond? Hopefully, they would respond better. It's just one of those kind of like the Rutgers, Penn State, Illinois. Those teams kind of punked us last year. I feel like with their physicality. Um, but I mean, I was pretty impressed. You know, we hung in there um, for most of the game. I've got the box score up. Good because um, I forgot. <laughs> it, was only, it, was, it was a five-point loss. We outscored them in the second half. We were down. I mean, I outscored them by one. Uh, we were down six at half. You saw. Um, Let's see here. I mean, Trayvon went 10 of 12 from the field mm-hmm. um, with 12 rebounds. We had a double-double, um, only two turnovers. Um, he played well. Had, uh, Isaiah Thompson, that was the – I was trying to remember. That's right. game. It was, yeah, Thompson, he stepped up huge, especially for someone who's been struggling all year. I know um, Andrew, who can't be here today, is on vacation. Um, in our kind of little group chat, we've been really frustrated with, with Isaiah. Um, sounds like he didn't have the best offseason, which, I mean, I mean, who – can blame someone for this weird off season and who knows if that was personal or whatever was going on. Um, and he, we kind of thought that once Hunter came back, you know, when I, when Isaiah started the season we thought, you know, his mentor was going to just evaporate, especially with if Ivy started picking things up. Um, but he, I mean, he stepped up huge. He had, he was second on the team in scoring with 17 points, three or four from three, seven of eight from the field, you know, paid, played 26 minutes, which was, you know, more than, uh, Newman, who was in the starting lineup for the game, um, only one turnover. Uh, yeah, that was key because, because yeah. you know, when it comes to Isaiah, I trust him as well as anybody to hit an open three, right? And to hit the midway, the mid range floater, 
He's got that. He, he yep. learned that from his brother. He's but yeah. it's the ball handling that makes me nervous, right. especially against pressure. He's just not very aggressive, and he, he gets very timid, and he likes to back up mm-hmm. against the press and get himself yeah. into trouble, uh, yeah. which you expect out of a freshman, but maybe not so much out of the sophomore who went, right. went against a lot of it last year. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see him kind of break out. He needed it. Um, yeah, he did. Force confidence. <clears throat> and you saw. I mean, I mean. You kind of had just we can talk about the Illinois game too, which we will. You know, um, Newman definitely struggled. He was two of seven from the field, oh of three yeah. from three, only four points, had three assists, two turnovers. Um, didn't seem to have only had uh, two rebounds. Definitely game he struggled with. Same as uh, I, I mean, Ivy had eight points. Uh, I thought he made a couple of good moves in that game. He was three of nine from the field. Which game oh, are we talking about now? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Rutgers still. Rutgers yeah. still okay. Yeah. Yeah, Ivy was three back from the field. Oh, four from three, though. Um, he hasn't got it going from behind the arc very, very much yet. He is not. Uh, I mean, the, the good thing, at least that game, and really with the Illinois game, too, is we saw both our big men who had struggled with foul trouble only get one foul between the two. Um, Trayvon had one foul, and Edie had no fouls. Um, granted, Edie only played 11 minutes. Trayvon played 29 because he was rolling. Um, but, I mean, it just kind of, I think just kind of a lot similar to the Illinois game that we saw is just couldn't, couldn't make shots when we needed to towards the end. I felt like, um, I mean, they kind of pulled away and we just couldn't get it done, which is unfortunate. I guess I didn't think we we're going to win going into it, but after the game, I was definitely more frustrated with that one compared to the Iowa game. And the and, and same with the Illinois game is, you know, Iowa game. We, we, we knew how good Iowa was going to be. And it, you know, I can't, I wouldn't say that we should have won that game. But I think with Rutgers and Illinois, we definitely we were in a position to, to win those games and just couldn't close them out. Yeah, I was glad we were competitive in both of them. Um, yeah. I know we were all we all had previously said that we'd be thrilled with a split, but um, I, th- I think it's safe to say I think think you'd probably agree with me here that our toughest three games are probably behind us now. Yes, 100 percent. Yeah, and we're done with all three of those yeah. teams. So. Such as Illinois, who was I was terrified for that game just because of what we saw last year. I, how, I wasn't how, looking forward to one bad how big of a or how much of a matchup um, difference they were for us compared to really any other team in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, they just absolutely punked us last year. And to twice. beat twice, yeah, twice, including a game where we scored less than 40 points, which was – Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but the same with Rutgers. I mean, I know – I mean, Rutgers beat us at home last year on senior night, which essentially kind of – we obviously we don't know, but we pretty much thought it was the nail in the coffin did, to did our – Did you go to that game? I did not know. The last game I went to was the Indiana game. Hey, you ended on a good one. Yeah, 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 the record yeah. game was the last sporting event I've attended. I mean, yeah. my gosh, we're sitting here almost uh, two months later. Yeah, but that was definitely, I think, I mean, pretty much the nail in the coffin for our NCAA hopes, unless we obviously we, we, run the, we ran the table in the Big Ten tournament. But um, you never know. The record books cannot <laughs> show that we wouldn't have done it. You never know. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm trying to think, look at Rutgers, who, I mean, they were without Ron Hopper, which was, you know. Yeah, but Mathis went nuts. Yeah, that was frustrating. He was, yeah, five from five for three, nine and 15 from the field. I mean, Geo Baker, what did you? Well, he's Gio a pretty killer. I, yeah, he I did Geo Baker things last or towards the end of the game. I feel like he didn't really do much for most of the game. And then when they needed him, he was he was the killer. He is one of the um, – I, I can't remember too many more Big Ten players I've looked forward to graduating more than Geo Baker. Not because – I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a good kid and everything. He yeah. just kills Purdue, and I am tired of it. Yeah. He started, started a couple years ago in the Garden in that yep. Big Ten tournament game that we won, but him and Sanders went off and making everything they shot, and 
he just hadn't stopped. And I'm just like, there's, there's always some of those guys. They don't have to be in candy stripes to, <laughs> to not to get under my skin. So and he's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they went 11 of 21 from three, which again, kind of just kind of, I think speaks to produce even as a whole this season is just, and I think it's something we're going to see all year. Hopefully we can see incremental improvement, but I just feel like whatever defensive scheme we're doing, I should say what whatever the guys are running right now, they don't get it to what Painter wants them to. Which I mean, Painter definitely has high expectations for defense, and that's I mean maybe a little, you know, too high expectations. But I mean, we've seen some pretty good defensive teams come through, and this is not one of them right now. Um, I, I think you see a lot of kind of overhelping when guys drive the lane. Yep. Which I mean, I mean you want to help when they come to the lane, but when you leave a guy who hasn't missed a three all game wide open. That's not good. Or in the case of Illinois, the guy who's shooting 70% from three wide open on the perimeter. Williams is the difference in their team. I mean, you're going to oh, get yeah. good, good nights out of Kofi and IO all, all the time. Um, Carbello stud, he's stud freshman. Um, he's going to be a problem for the whole conference for a while. But uh, yeah. when you get Williams, who wasn't a good shooter last year, but has become a, a, um, consistently pretty good shooter this year. That's, that's the key for them going forward. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Illinois has got the most talent in the big 10. I think they, them or Iowa probably has the highest ceiling, but I also think Illinois is the more most um, that should be on alert of getting upset early in the tournament. In my opinion, because they turn it over a lot. They turn it over more than we yeah. do. We I, turn it over a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think you're, I think you could argue Iowa too, just just because obviously Garza is going to get. I know they don't play defense, but man, they score a lot of points. Right, but then I mean, all it takes is you know, I mean, uh, Bohannon is very streaky right now, especially coming That's off the Um I mean, like I said Garza is going to get his, but I mean, if it you get a d- pretty decent defensive team to shut down one or two of those guys on the outside, man, I don't know. I mean, I think I feel like they have I, a ton of depth, though. Yeah, they do. They do. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you're definitely. I think Illinois definitely is probably. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there, but I think Iowa is pretty close behind them. I mean, obviously, it's, those are the two. That I think that are, are probably going to make the most noise. I mean, I, I, I keep counting out Wisconsin. They keep proving me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know. Everybody keeps. I know they lost to Maryland, but every time I watch them, they look darn good. I haven't um, watched they're them. Old, they're this year. They should be good. Yeah. Um, and Rutgers, I think they they can make a little noise, but I I don't know. Um. I mean, I mean, the Big Ten's so deep. There's so many good teams. I, I didn't see Minnesota being this good. I thought they were one man no. team with Marcus Carr, and they're, they're proving me wrong. So they got a transfer. I think who's done pretty well. Isn't the um, one big guy is it Dobbins? Yeah. Uh, no, what was that? No. It wasn't Dobbins, is it? No, I, uh, the name I pulled out of nowhere. I have no idea. It's it's something Robin, like that. Robbins. Robin. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I should know. Closed on my podcast here. last night. Mentioned and I can't remember, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, pretty much every team in the Big Ten is pretty good this year. Maybe yeah. maybe excluding Nebraska. Um, yeah, I mean, we probably the deepest I've ever seen the conference. Yeah, you thought Northwestern was going to be a kind of a rollover, but they're kind of nope. rolling. I mean, I guess they've kind of fell back to earth a little bit, but I mean, they had a string of very impressive wins to start the Big Ten season. Well, how about Michigan? They're the only undefeated team in the conference. Yeah, I, I have not watched much of them. Me neither. Um, just because I, I just know I'm going to hate Jawan Howard. At least we only we only get them once too. We we really got blessed by yeah. the Big Ten about, with opponents we only get once because I think our other one's Northwestern. So, okay. um, pretty 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 blessed there. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it's tough to see Hunter Dick- Dick- Dickerson uh, have a Dickinson. as good as Dickinson. I always want to say Dickerson. Dickinson uh, have as good a freshman season as he's having. But so a very be it. good freshman season, which is annoying. Yeah, but. so be it. So, yeah. but you know, it's, it, I was really looking forward to the game tonight. It's tough to wait until Friday night. Um, mm. Take on the Michigan State team who plays Rutgers here in about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, they really need to win. They're somehow still ranked 25th. I don't know how because they've lost quite a few games. And they're like their net is like second lowest. Like they're like in the 130s, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's hurting them that Duke's hasn't played up to Duke caliber yeah. yet because so, um, that was a big win for them on the road. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, they, on the top 25, I think it's all a joke anyways. But Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you just want to find yourself in the tournament, which right. the NCAA tournament announced yesterday. The NCAA announced yesterday that the whole tournament is going to be held in Indiana. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's awesome. Um, obviously, it would be amazing if fans could pack yeah. these places, but if they could, they wouldn't be wouldn't be being held in Indiana as is. That's one of the reason it is, is because of the circumstance we all find ourselves in. Um, obviously, I mean, I I would I haven't read anything yet about fans, but I would I'd hope they let the families in. Yesterday, I I read on the bottom line, ESPN is going to be families only. That's what they said on ESPN. Okay, I didn't see that. I was yeah. reading an Indy Star article about it. Um, that's good at least. But yeah, it just I mean, especially you know, being being able to play in places like Hinkle, Mackey, and Assembly Hall. You know, some of the places are you know bucket list items for a lot of you know big basketball fans. And to be able to, I mean, yes, these players are going to be able to play in them, and these family going to be able to see them. But you don't get to really feel you know the environment that these places have produced you know over the decades. Um, but it's cool. I mean. Be cool to see Mackie on a, you know, obviously we're always on a big stage, but just in that type of stage. Um, but as Painter said in his uh, recent interview, just be happy if it was on the moon as long as we were in it. Like I said, it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, I, don't, I don't really care. It's, I mean, it's it's cool, but I'd rather I like it a lot more if we're playing in it. Yeah, I'm. Um, um, I mean, I'm good if we uh, play at Mackie or Mackie South. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love it. They have to play at Hinkle, and I could go to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It is too bad that fans aren't going to be able to go, but um, it'll be. It, it's it's neat for one year. Yeah. Um, outlier because this is not going to be. This is going to be a one year thing. It's going to go. Hopefully next year we'll have a normal tournament. Fans can go. It's going to be out all sites because. Indy stars estimating this is going to profit the city of Indianapolis about hundred million dollars at least, which really surprised me without fan attendance. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't read into what the specifics are of that, but then if you take that and think about that, they're like, yeah, there's no way come future that other sites aren't going to want back in. So, right. I mean, Um, it'd be interesting because I'm not sure, you know, who all can come from each Excuse me, in terms of like personnel and everything, because I mean, when I mean, you think about, it, I mean, Indies, as you know, is a phenomenal place for mm-hmm. big sporting events. Will it be Super Bowl? I mean, we're supposed to get the All Star Weekend this year, and that's not happening. I think they got, they pushed it to next year, right? Is that what twenty twenty four? I think. Oh, they I thought it back like three mind. years. Yeah. Um, but with with Banker's Life being right downtown, Lucas Oil all right there. I mean, you can walk to you know the hotels, the restaurants, the bars. You know, assuming those places are open. Um, It'd be great for the local business. It'd be cool. I saw someone mention on Twitter that it'd be cool if they could get local restaurants to cater some of these places to help them out during this. Because obviously, you know, we don't know what the next couple months are going to be in terms of, you know, dining situations for them and being able to help them out. So it'd be cool if that could be, if that's something that they can put together. Um, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have a spotlight on 
you know, state and city that often gets overlooked. I feel like, you know, it's a place that sure. we've called home our entire life. And as much as we've talked crap about it over our lifetime, it's, you know, we're, we're proud to be from here and it's going to be pretty cool to see you know, not only our alma mater, you know, showcase, but just our state as well. Yep. Yep. Well said. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Notre Dame understands, but I bet they're a little peed too. Like, oh, everybody, no. let's get some house games. Yeah, I also mentioned like Fort Wayne. I was like, that's two hours from Indiana. Fort Wayne's got the Division Two, I believe. Yeah, that's and true. And Evansville's true. getting Division Three. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So a lot of them are getting a piece of the pie. Yeah, so, someone um, should do at the Coliseum in Fort Wayne. I was like, that is too far of a drive. Oh, for, no. All states yeah. emergency venue just in case yeah. they need another one down in Muncie. But uh games are gonna be played at Luke's Lucas Oil's gonna have two courts but only one in use at a time. At first yeah. I'm like that doesn't make sense. And then I'm like, oh yeah it does. You don't want intervert one whistle over right. here, somebody to stop play over here. That'd be awesome. Um, be like AAU, you know, summer basketball. <laughs> I saw I saw someone on Twitter posts doing it at the track at the speedway and just having like 10 courts along, you know, the straightaway at the end. Just, just a little chilly. A little chilly in April <laughs> or in March. Yeah. But, That'd be uh, hilarious. Be playing there. They'll be playing at Hinkle, Mackey, and Simley Hall, like we said. They'll be playing at um, State Farm um, Center, I believe it's called. You know? no, it's the Farmer's Coliseum. Farmer's Coliseum. I should know. Yeah. I, I was just there. And, well, it's been over a year now, <laughs> last November. But, uh, um, and then, and then, of course, the final four will be at Lucas Oil, which it was originally supposed to be anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah looking forward to it. Should be should be good time. Hopefully, we're one of the sixty eight teams that gets in the field. We got a little work to do, and that believe, starts uh, Friday night up in East Lansing. Andy Katz had us in his latest uh, field of sixty eight. I think he had us as a ten seed playing number seven Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't want to ever play them again. Even though we killed them last year, just yeah. Virginia March. Yeah. Still too soon. <laughs> still too soon. It's always going to be too soon until we break that. Last remember, oh, and then the the I remember the same thing. The so if we won, we played the two seed. The two seed was Illinois, <laughs> which I didn't think is possible. But it, it's it's possible if there's so many teams from a yeah. conference. So yeah. I had to be. So I was like, it's stupid. I was like, if you can get ten or eleven teams in from the Big Ten, there's going to be matchups that you yeah. can't. I just can't, rather not uh, be avoid. Illinois. I would take Iowa. I, I don't want to play Illinois back. until next year. Um, yeah. Let them lose some of their guys, jumping early, and then we'll play them because. Yeah. Uh, you and me both have a mutual friend, a good friend of ours. That's an Illinois fan, and it, it, I, I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, what do you, what are you looking for? The Boilermakers Friday night. I, I haven't watched Michigan I State. I have not watched much. Michigan State. I know they got the Hauser kid. One yeah, of them. He's good. He's good. Um, Rocket Watts has uh, improved. They got. Um, was Henry was Henry hurt? Or I can't remember if he got hurt or not. If he's back, I have no idea. I think idea. he's back, but he was banged up. But they got Langford mm-hmm. back this year. Mm-hmm. He missed all last year with a foot injury. Um, of course, they got um, Hall, uh, Malik, Malik Hall. Hall. Yep. Um, and then and they got always well, got good freshmen. So yeah, I mean it's it's a Tom Izzo team. I'm not ever gonna, mm-hmm. never going to count them out. Um, I think definitely Michigan State and Purdue are in a, are in a very similar situation where you, you often see these teams take their lumps pretty early in the season, especially Michigan State because they always play a very tough schedule. Um, typically, obviously, this year is a little different. And usually, I mean, especially for Purdue, being as young as we are with, or I should say, inexperience, 
you usually see, you know, around the December, January is when we start to turn the tide, but that's also after we've played, you know, 10, around 10 games. That's probably what we're at right now. Um, same for Michigan State. So I'm expecting Michigan State to turn it around really anytime. And I would not be surprised if they end up in the top five of the Big Ten when it's all said and done, just because it's just it's what Tom Izzo does. It's going to be a tough game. Um, they play hard. I'm very thankful that the Izzo is not there. Um, mm-hmm. It's always a very tough environment, but one that's always you know pretty awesome when you can win. Yeah, place. we don't see it very often, but it does no. feel great. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. when the uh, 09 10 team went in there and buried them. Yeah, um, yeah that's when I realized, like, okay, this team's like legit. And then, <laughs> then we went back up there in the next year and buried them. Yeah, in 10 and 11. Um, and then, of course, Biggie had his moment mm-hmm. um, up there. There's a few clutch plays. Uh, I don't think we've won there since. We've played, been in some good contests mm-hmm. with them, but obviously there's the Miles Bridges like banked in three uh, in the 2017-2018. We lost back to back games with Ohio State, Michigan State, and it ruined our, and then Wisconsin. I think too. Wisconsin. Yeah, we lost three in a row. Yeah, we ruined our games. That was weekend. rough. Yeah, <laughs> forgot uh, about that. Nothing's gonna be a good game. Um, I feel, I feel good about it. I don't know, just because I haven't watched Michigan State or just because I get too caught up in their their stumbles so far early in the Big Ten season. But, I mean, I we got to win sometime. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, why not start Friday? So, you know, and we'll cover the Indiana game next week. We'll do an episode before mm-hmm. uh, next Thursday, so we won't hit on that one right now. Um, they, they're supposed to play – they won last night, though, over Maryland. They're supposed to play Sunday against Nebraska, but – who knows if that game's going to happen? Not they sure. do play. I was just looking at the at the uh, schedule. I think they play Thursday against Wisconsin at Wisconsin this week. Yep, they play three games this week. Oh, did not know that. Oh, yes, I did. Predicted the game last night. Yeah, <laughs> because Wisconsin is their house of horrors when it comes to Big Ten uh, basketball. Yeah. It's kind of like it was for them in football until this year. Mm-hmm. Um, now Ole Miss is their house horse for football. <laughs> that too soon? Eh. Not at all. Proud on themselves. Um, any other thoughts relating to the basketball? I was talking about I was just thinking to myself today. I, which I honestly did not know until Stephen Bardo. Which that's another conversation for another. Oh my podcast. gosh! Are we going to have a game where he doesn't? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I beginning of the year, I. I thought I liked them last year, but also I mean, this is a weird year where commentators can do multiple games in a week because they don't have to travel because they're doing it from home. But yeah, he's just been getting to me. Uh, it's also because I've watched with my girlfriend being an IU grad and her watching their games. Like he does their games too. He's on a lot of theirs. So I've just like just had nothing but Stephen Bardo in my ears uh, watching these games, and I'm just like God. He just does the same stuff it's all the, the same time. Stuff. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a little annoying, but he he said something during the Illinois game that we were the youngest team in the Big Ten. I never even really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, no seniors. Except the people were, I know we talk about our inexperience of youth, but then I was I, I keep going back and forth of like, well, yeah, we are, but also we've got four guys who have played a lot of basketball who right. essentially are seniors. So I kind of go back and forth of like, are we really that inexperienced? Because you know, we are look at our starters. You got Sasha, Eric, and Trey are all juniors. And then obviously Wheeler comes off the bench, but then I'm also like, well, we also have five guys who two months ago hadn't played a minute of college basketball in their life. So it kind of definitely evens out. Yeah. 
I would like to see a game where all four of our juniors play well together. We yeah. haven't seen that yet. I haven't um, seen we, that yet. We see the majority of the time it's two of them, two out of the mm-hmm. four, but we've even seen games where three of the four, like um, Illinois, I thought Sasha Trey and even Aaron Wheeler all. Wheeler was phenomenal. Business. But uh, Eric Hunter, that was the worst game of his career. Yeah, he's definitely uh, – I'm trying to think. I can pull the box score of the Rutgers game. Hunter, he only – I feel like he struggled that game too. He was two of eight from the field, two of five from three. He was three of three from free throw line. Um, only two assists, one turnover, only had nine points, played, but played 21 minutes. I mean, it was just kind of, he just wasn't, I just didn't really notice him out there some half the time. Uh, I think he's definitely our, probably our best perimeter defender right now. Agreed. Um, but he, yeah, Illinois, he really struggled. Um, I felt like a couple times he was trying to get something going, then was forcing it, and it just, just wasn't happening, but yeah, I agree. It's, uh, we're going to go as, as as great as we we you know as, as much as we want to see Ivy do well and you know Edie and and Morton whenever he can get things going and you know Gillis and Newman when our juniors are going to carry us. We're going to go as far as they go, and you know, like you said, if we can get you know all of them rolling same time. I mean, if we can get really, if we can get three of the four to really to really be productive. I think we're we've got a good shot against anybody. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, we haven't they haven't really been all that consistent, which we kind of saw that <clears throat> last year too with with the team is just some guys just would show up one game and the next game they would just disappear or just have an absolutely awful game. Yeah, I think we're getting close to yeah. um, setting the stone as far as uh, rotation. Um, but I thought that, but then again, Morton got uh, got a decent amount of run on Saturday due to a good week of practice. So yeah, I don't know. It's a good problem to have that we're so deep. Um, I think yeah, at this point we can kind of um, guess that Dewana is not going to play. Yeah, I think it's just too unless like there's emergency situation. But I think I mean he missed so much, and it's unfortunate um, that he he missed with being sick. And you know, obviously the emergence of Ed being as as good as he is, mm-hmm. he probably um, uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody really saw that coming. The way, and I was I was hoping to see Dewana play. But definitely kind of a situation where I, I doubt he's on the roster next year, which I mean, Probably I want to play somewhere he, he's going to play because he seems like a really good kid and really mm-hmm. good prospect, but just hasn't had, you know, he's had injury, you know, his bad injury luck and sickness. So maybe she just needs a, a fresh restart, but yeah, I don't see him really playing much. But I was hoping this Nebraska game would serve as a game where hopefully we could get a blowout, or not a blowout, but a comfortable lead so we can get guys like Ivy to really, and Morton just to get a good run without having to, you know, have them sub in and out. So you just, you know, I feel like, especially a guy like Ivy, kind of like Carson, he just needs, he just needs time out there just to figure things out. I mean, we saw kind of that with Carson as a freshman and, you know, Payne had a pretty short leash with him. But once he got things going, it was, you know, we all saw what he could do. I think Ivy's going to be a similar, similar way. That's a good point. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, lately, it's really hitting me missing not not only missing the environment of Mackey, but even just the process of getting to the game, driving down to the game yeah. and stuff. It's I don't know this just like the last week. It's just really hit me hard. Like yeah, man, like yeah. what I would do to be able to go. Yeah, yeah, parking over by West Lafayette High School and yeah. doing the cold walk over there to have the walking in to hear the band be playing yet. Yeah, it's, it's something that even at a restaurant, you know, I, I haven't been, I need to get down to Lafayette and support some of the restaurants because I haven't been, I haven't been down there since the Rutgers game since March. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't taken the, you know, the 65 minute drive down. I, I need to do that. Well, I've got one you can support though. 
What's that? A little, <laughs> a little place <laughs> called Mad Mushroom. I like that. I like that. It's, that's professional there. Uh, Boiler Breakdown, we're happy to say that is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, serving Boilermakers since 1993. We were just little babies then. Mad mm-hmm. Mushroom, located in the heart of West Lafayette, is well known as the home of the original cheesesteak, my favorite thing on their menu. Oh, Whenever we go there, we like to sit down, have a nice cold beer while trying their out their latest pizza of the month, which this month, I about said this year, this month for January is the keto-friendly crustless pizza bowl. It's their traditional pizza sauce with your choice of up to three toppings covered with mozzarella cheese and baked together in a bowl. The crustless pizza bowl is available in two sizes and starts at $9.99, which is a steal. Um, but next time you're down there, Tanner, next time you're down there, yep, you can tell them. I sent you. Well, breakdown sent you, and uh, they'll give you five dollars off any order over twenty bucks. Get two crustless bowls and some cheese sticks, and you're good to go. And any boiler breakdown listener can also use the coupon code Break Five. That's all caps B R E A K Five. Tanner's got on the screen there for our uh, visual listeners. I don't. Know, I messed that viewers, up. Viewers, viewers. <laughs> I gotcha. uh, you can claim discount code online at MadMushroom.com. Mad Mushroom feed your head. Yeah, you better believe next time I'm down there, I'm definitely getting myself a cheese stick. I'm getting myself a large. <laughs> you know, did it many times in college. and Especially at yeah, this time, you know, I just think back to like the Super Bowl, you know, is, you yep. know especially living in the dorms where, you know, you know we, we couldn't go to the dining courts on Sundays. They were closed, at least for dinner. Um, I just remember a couple Super Bowls, the two years I lived in, in at Wiley, having to order like cheese sticks at like 3.30 p.m. because everybody was ordering them. Yep. Just to get it in time for the game, it's, yeah, miss it a lot. You know, the one thing I figured out late in my last semester at Purdue during my uh, four and a half years uh, <laughs> was how good bacon bits are on cheese sticks. Huh. Never had that. Yeah, I put that on there. Um used to do the Hungry Boiler a lot, living off campus, yep. and I would uh, put an extra topping of bacon bits on once in a while. Man, I, I was like, why did I not discover that <laughs> three years earlier? So, but good stuff. Well, let's transition to football. We got a little Boilermaker football news today. Uh, yeah. Kind of some eyebrow-raising news, I would say. Um, Very. Director of Player Personnel, Aaron Hodges, as many of our listeners and viewers are probably familiar with if you follow Purdue Sports on social media. He will not be back with the Boilermaker uh, football squad in 2021. Yeah, that was something that I I kind of I checked Golden Black earlier today and earlier this evening and saw the news and it was just like holy crap I did not expect that you know I mean obviously we're gonna have some, you know we've already had some some turnover with Bob Diaco out uh, Greg Brown out um, Hodges was not someone I thought was going to leave or you know or leave. I thought if he left, it would be on his own own terms. Correct. Um, And it it sounds like that was very much not the case. Um, I mean, I I mean, I don't know. We have no idea why he was let go. I mean, obviously there's there's a reason for it. Um, I I mean, I was someone who we we loved Hodges that we, he always kind of, you know, broke recruiting news without actually, you know, we, we, he let us know something was happening before it happened without, you know, ruining the Mm -hmm. surprise. Um, you know, he was a great personality. He seemed like he really connected with the kids. Um, but I mean, I mean, there's a reason for everything. There's two sides of every story. I know definitely there's a lot of people who are definitely questioning. And I questioned it too. When I first read it, it was like, you know, I was kind of, I, I kind of went doomsday in, in my own head of like, Oh God, like what is going on? Like, is this a, you know, I'm not saying this is it at all. And 
is this like a you no know, my way or the highway type thing with Braun? Maybe Hodges is something that he didn't like. I have no idea. I mean, we have no idea. We have no insight to the athletic department and the inner workings there. Um, but uh, the more as time passed, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, maybe there was something. Maybe Braun wasn't happy with how certain recruits are turning out. You know, I have no. I mean, I said we have no idea. So really, I don't know. I'm not sure how much. Yeah, yeah we're just help. guessing. We're speculating. Yeah. You know, as far as the recruiting, I mean, this was our worst class to date. Um, I mean, there's many. There could be many reasons for that. Um, yeah. COVID definitely one of them. But uh, one thing I will say is, majority of our high talent lately has been um, position player or skilled position players like wide receiver. Uh, but Rondell Moore came probably not for anything Aaron Hodges did. It was more Jeff Brom and the system. Right. Um, David Bell came to Purdue. One of the reasons was because of Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, the Karloftises, well, George came because it was close to home pretty much. I, it, what I'm trying to say is I don't know how hard Aaron had to work at some of those really skilled yeah. players that we got. And we haven't seen the results come in on the line so much and right. a few other positions. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, I don't know. Um, another a point that was brought to me by, um, I, I believe he listens to the show. If not, I'm giving him a shout for no reason. It's a, <laughs> uh, boy, my friend, Jason Smith. Um, all the way down in Jacksonville. All right. the way in Jacksonville. The only Jacksonville Jaguar fan I know. <laughs> um, but uh, he said, you know, one interesting point, I didn't even think about this is, one thing he had thought of was, you know, Hodges many times would come out on Instagram and kind of call out schools for reporting him for mm-hmm. violations or close to violations. And he did that many times. Could that have something to do with it? Maybe. Yeah. Did I don't even think they were even getting close to violation. I think they were just, schools were just taking a shot in the dark mm-hmm. and, and they didn't like the way he operated. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, this is, I was just kind of thinking, like, I know a lot of times Hodges went on there and kind of did, like, you know, he would do kind of, like, advice sessions. I think he's called Chop It Up with people where they would ask him questions, and he wasn't really selling Purdue. It was just more of, like, trying to figure out what's best for the kids, and maybe that's something where Brahm's like, hey, this is your job to, you know, yeah, it's fine and all dandy, but we want players here, and, you know, don't waste your time you mm-hmm. know, telling kids, to, you know, go elsewhere. But, I mean, I, I have no idea. That's just yeah. – who knows? I mean, he's still a really good guy, and I really mm-hmm. enjoy following him. I'm going to continue following him. Um, hopefully, I'm sure he'll land somewhere. I mean, he seems to be – people seem to really like him and took to him, and he had a great personality. So, I mean, who knows? It came from Ohio State. Um, you got to yeah. think they already have a replacement in mind or in their back pocket. Yeah. Um, and he was great on Instagram and Twitter. Like you said, he really knows how to use social media, especially Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I will say, in that position nowadays in college sports, especially college football, I think anybody in that position has to be pretty good. Using yeah. social media, yeah. I mean, if not, you're gonna get um, passed by. Yeah, I mean, these kids. I mean, as much as you know, you know, the older fans want to, you know, grab about social media. That's where these kids live on right now. I mean, everything's on social media for them. And you know, I thought Kaj is a really great job of kind of building a a presence for Purdue, which sometimes it's just a matter of you know building a brand. Which I was listening to the Gold Black podcasts earlier this week, and they're talking about essentially, you know, especially with the transfer portal or the transfer situation goes the route we all think it's going to go. Whereas you can do the one-time transfer thing. It's going to be essentially like a free agency thing where, you know, it's more about, you know, just people are going to be attracted to the brand and maybe not so much, you know, the actual school itself or the system. It's just, 
know, kind of like the way that Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State are operating right now, where it's just a base the kids just want to go and play for you know the brand, and because if you go there, you automatically get you know a certain status associated with that. You know whether it's right or wrong. Um, but I thought you did a good job of kind of you know making Purdue look cool, which I think I think Purdue is cool already. But I think you did a good job of you know taking it to another level with these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. All good points. Um, it's going to be interesting. I I wouldn't be shocked if this isn't the last uh, staff transition we see. Um, I think Jeff Brom's kind of trying to change the culture a little bit. Yeah. We were talking right before we came on there. You know, we like a lot of these staff members, and but uh, sometimes if you're not getting results, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to uh, break it up a little bit. See what happens. Shake it up, and hopefully, all these moves uh, uh, result well. Mm-hmm. We, we will see. Time will tell. But um, um, before we get into the rest of our football conversation, um, it is should be noted that the Boiler Breakdown podcast is also sponsored by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webbs is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set an appointment and their friend, friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webbs Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. Boiler owned and operated. Yes, sir. Are you surprised that we're sitting here talking on January 5th and Purdue still looking for a defense coordinator? Yes and no. Um, I've kind of been going back and forth to like, man, like we need, we need a coordinator right now. Cause I think even the guys on Golden Black are talking about it too. Brought good points. It's like, it's kind of, I, it's definitely a double-edged sword of like you, you know, you want to get a guy in quick because you know, you're missing out on, you know, potential transfer guys because right now we have we got the transfer with wit and the offensive line but it's you know yep. it's hard to bring in defensive guys you know i think defense we definitely need some help in, in some specific areas but it's hard to you know talk a kid into coming here when he doesn't know a who his defensive coordinator is going to be what kind of scheme he's going to be running or either going to be playing in and how they're going to be used um so it's tough on that and you're kind of letting some of these kids i mean the portal is just over, I, I can't. I would. I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume the portal's probably deeper than it's ever been, and just in terms of number of players. And I'm sure there'll be some kids who don't even find a landing spot, which is yeah. There's gonna be some left in the dust, which is too bad. Yeah, yeah. but it is what I mean. It, was, it is what it is. Um, so it's like it's kind of like, man, we gotta get someone in here to like get some of these guys or take advantage of it. And but also it's like this is a massive hire for Brom whether you know and it's just like you cannot mess this one up we cannot have have this conversation again next year on our going to his <clears throat> would be his third defensive coordinator third and three years um so it's just i mean i have no idea in terms of you know who's been interviewed or anything like that um yeah i have no idea i mean i, I think it's I, i'm i am surprised but i'm also i'm kind of like if it's going to take this long all I care about is just getting the right hire. At the end, if it takes until the end of January, so be it. As long as we make the right hire, I don't care. I agree with you on that front. Um, I, I guess I kind of am surprised it's taking this long because it sounded like the wheels were in motion for a little bit before they actually made the announcement of Diaka. So I thought maybe he yeah. had somebody in mind, and maybe he did, and it just didn't it work out. out yeah. the scenes. Uh, but 
I think it was around this time last year that we got Diaco. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're a couple of days away from a year ago. So, and, and, and when we announced the firing of Nick Holt, I think before we did of Diaco this year, I could be wrong. I could get my time yeah. frames mixed up, but um, I, I think it's coming here soon. Who I don't know. Um, there's been some names thrown out there. I still really like um, the prospect of Court Dennison, co-defensive coordinator from Louisville. That's mm-hmm. one I really like. He's a, he's a young guy, so he doesn't have tons of experience, but. Whoever it is, I want a guy who's going to blitz a lot so we can get a lot of sacks, get more turnovers, and for yeah. the love of God, get off the field on third down. Yeah. It is, it's just <laughs> about finding, you know, the yeah, – I, I hopefully – I hope Brom knows what kind of defense he wants to run because it's got to be something that that really, you know, meshes well with the offense of what they're what we're trying to do on offense. And, yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, if we're supposed to be this high-powered offense, we need as much time on the field as possible, and that does not happen when – you're only getting what one possession in the fourth quarter of that Rutgers game or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. just, is you can't have that. So you need, you need a defense that gets off the field and puts pressure on the QB and you know can get off the field on third down. What was it that wasn't it the Indiana Ole Miss game when you when you texted Andrew and I and said uh, Ole Miss gives up a third and forever? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was watching it a couple of times. It's just like God. Yeah, that was like, frustrating. That frustrating. I'm just, I mean. The sad thing is, too, is I like I almost expected a lot with the Yakuza defense. Like, you know, third and 18, you know, what are they going to run? That's And then it's just like something over the middle where it's just like, where the hell was anybody? Like, were they yep. 55 yards back or what was going on? But Yep. It's got to be a scheme that the kids yeah. can buy into. Um, I, I won't say learn easily or quickly, but um, can learn. It's not going to be too difficult of concepts. Mm-hmm. And I want to see a more disciplined team. I feel like mm-hmm. we've been very undisciplined. The last three years, really, yeah. on defense, 2018, 19, and, and 2020. So and it's cost us, cost us um, in some big moments. They saw a lot, especially the start of 2018. I feel like I think the Northwestern game, we had a couple. I think what yep. did Neil have a – Lorenzo Neal on third down. We were going to get the ball back with like 50 seconds left or some. Yep. And then uh, the following week, Cornell Jones had one on third down against Eastern Michigan. Um, he had a couple that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Mackey – the one who stuck out this year um, against Nebraska. Yep. So just bonehead plays. Yep. It's. I mean, we're still a long ways away from football, actual football talk. But hopefully, they're able to have spring ball. Do we, do we know when they're supposed to theoretically start spring? I mean, I, I, I haven't heard anything. Not a normal off season, but nope. I'm just waiting for the defensive coordinator news and see if there's going to be any more staff news or any more players leaving and transfer or entering the portal or who's going to come back to opt it out. That's a whole nother question. So mm-hmm. there's still a lot to talk about. And then this off season is going to be a very interesting off season as it rolls on. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking with college football real quick. what do you think of the um, college football playoff games? It was wild. Um, I mean, the, the Alabama Clemson game or not the Alabama Notre Dame game mm-hmm. went as bad as what I think we all thought it was going to be. Alabama is just too good. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, same Notre Dame that we've seen in the playoff for a BCS. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it, there's definitely the argument of not letting them in, but it's also the other, other side of the argument is like, you know, each year is supposed to be its own year. So when the committee looks at, you know, who are the best teams you can't, you're not really not supposed to take into, uh, you know, into thought of previous years. I mean, same thing with the NCAA tournament. I mean, you, you're pregnant where to, you know, seed Purdue should not, 
you know, fact you should not factor in the fact that they got, you know, bounced maybe the previous two years in the first round or, you know, hadn't been past the Sweet 16 and since 2000. Um, but at the same time, it's like, God, how many times do we have to have this dance of right. <laughs> putting them in there? And right. Um, door, which, I mean, they, they covered, which is, I mean, kudos to them as a backdoor cover. But, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, that game was pretty uneventful. I didn't really, I mean, it really didn't. I mean, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman tonight, he is – Something it actually else. surprised me. I, I think really? he was deserving of it, but I yeah. thought his quarterback would win at Mac Jones just because it's it's such a quarterback award. Oh yeah, um, but it was. I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, Can you tell me who was the last wide receiver before him to win it? Oh lord, was it Desmond Howard? Yep, back oh, in ninety-one. I believe. Ninety-one. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. I thought it was. Yep. For some I thought it was early two thousands, but I could, I always confuse him. He just seems so small. I always think because he's a running back for some reason. Uh, but wow. I hope Desmond was his returning ability. Was um, it? Okay. Yeah. He was also – he returned a kickoff return um, for the Super Bowl when the Packers beat the Patriots back hmm. in um, the late 90s, mid to late 90s. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been a long time since a wide receiver won it, but Devontae yeah. Smith crossed that off. Good for him. He's uh, explosive. I mean, think, think of that wide receiver core – just a year ago, had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. They didn't win a national championship. Nope. Two of them were first-round picks. Two of them are going to be first-round picks. Yeah. I think Waddle was supposed to return to practice today. Man, that's – Which could spell trouble for Ohio State. Yeah. I mean – I think Ohio State's going to be able to score. Yeah. If their offense looks anything like it did against Clemson and, and Justin Fields is dynamite like it was against Clemson. I don't know if they can stop Alabama. I don't know who yeah. can. Look, it's just so weird to think. I mean, or it's wild to think about Alabama because I remember I was just thinking about this thing yesterday of like I, mean, I remember I think in college going to beat ups and watching an Alabama LSU game where the final score was six to three. Yep. Like an SEC used to all, all be about you know this is defense you know we're mm-hmm. gonna win games you know single digit game or single like mm-hmm. scores are single digits like or you know fourteen to ten or thirteen ten it's. But now it's just like, man, you got some. I mean, you saw LSU last year just put up stupid numbers with Joe Burrow, and I mean Alabama this year with, like you said, the wide receiver core that they had, and they even have currently. And it, I assume that Sarkeesian has done. You know, that's the reason why he's going to Texas to bring them back for hopefully the fourth time. I don't know how many times Texas has been back or tried to get back. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was talking about this last night, and back in 2017, I thought um, Tom Herman was a can't miss. For Texas, mm-hmm. I thought Sarkeesian was done after stints at Washington and USC. Four years later, Sark yeah. gets the job, and Herman probably won't be coaching next year. Anyway, well, I think I don't know. I don't know if it was the Ole Miss game, but they're talking about kind of kind of that shift from what Alabama did to where they're like all of a sudden like they're just you know putting up numbers that they are. Is I think it was Lane Kiffin who changed Saban's thought process on offense, which is I mean Kiffin is just. It's something else, but he is something else. He's a yeah. shady, shady dude. But yeah, uh, he's hilarious. I mean, he's a good football coach, but he's yeah. shady. But I mean, it's just it's just wild to think about Alabama and the SEC putting up those types of numbers. Mm-hmm. I feel like it used to always just be, you know, we play defense. You know, the Big, big Twelve. The Big Twelve. Yeah, the Big Twelve was the offense, no defense <laughs> league, and. I mean, I mean, especially you go. I mean, twitching gears to the Ohio State Clemson game. I did not see that coming. I thought that was going to be the more entertaining game of the two, mm-hmm. um, but I did not expect that at all. I thought, I thought Ohio State would, would put up a good fight, but I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be too much. But 
I cannot believe the pressure that Ohio State was putting on on Trevor. <laughs> I was sitting watching the game with my girlfriend, and she was just like, he's supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. I was like, yeah. She's like, why aren't they protecting him like he's supposed to be? It's just like, I, great question, because it's like every time he was just had no time to throw. Yeah. And he still threw for two touchdowns and 400 yards, and everybody was saying yeah. he had a bad game. I'm like, yeah. he's still pretty darn good. Dude, but he's really good. Ohio State was just that good. And Ohio State belongs in the conversation every year with Alabama and Clemson. At Clemson has yeah. a lead because I know we don't like to say, but Ohio State dominates the Big Ten. They have for the yeah. last decade. It's and it's there. Year in, year out. You think about the top two of the Big Ten. You've got Ohio State, Penn State, maybe Michigan on some years, depending on – the year, you know, Wisconsin's always up there. I mean, how you can put Northwestern up there right now just because they've been to two Big Ten championship games in two of the last three years. Uh, but it's it's Ohio State is on a different level, uh, yep. especially when it comes to recruiting. I mean, you know, when Purdue goes up, goes up against, you know, the Penn States and the Michigans and then the Wisconsin, it's like, oh, you know, we got our work cut out for us. But it's like when you got Ohio State in there, it's like, oh, God, there's not – you know, it's going to be very tough to, to land a kid like that, especially, I mean, that high caliber of a kid. Um but you know, and they recruit on the, you know, the Alabama, you know, the SEC Clemson level of, you know, just getting any five star that they want. Um, I mean, it was the, I think it was like the number one kid in the country or the number one QB. I think in the twenty twenty two class is committed to Ohio State or something like that for I quarterback. Think you're right. and it just like it just doesn't end. And I mean, I think. No, no. You know, there was a rumor of you know Ryan Day being a potential candidate for for foot, for an NFL job, and I think that was shut down pretty quickly. It's like, why would yep. you leave that job? I mean, that's, you have such a, I mean that that team dominates the state. I mean, there's no other team to compete in the state for the fandom and unlimited resources. And I mean, why would you? I mean, until things start to go south, I would. That, that's such an amazing job to have. Correct, and if you establish yourself as a good enough coach, then one day if you want to go to the pros, maybe you can demand $12 million a year like Urban Meyer is. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if the cons, they got the money. The cons yeah, got the money if they want to shell it out down in Jacksonville. And, you know, why not? Why, why not? not? Why not? Just starting you over. Pick. You get Urban over there. You're going to get new GM. You're going to get the number one pick. It was probably going to be most likely Trevor Lawrence. you got a lot of cap space, gets free agents. Maybe Jacksonville turns it around pretty quickly. Um, everybody yeah. forgets they were in the AFC Championship back in 2017. So I forgot. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Patriots. So, that's right, yep. That was even just stacked. So uh, we yeah. kind of went off tangent a little bit there. We got away from talking to Purdue, but uh, we're sports fans uh, yeah. overall. So, so once in a while that happens. But uh, before we wrap things up um, – Oh, I better pull the I, – I exit out of the read, Webby. You would think I would know the read <laughs> off the top of my head since they're a recurring sponsor two years in a row. But uh, the Boiler Breakdown podcast is also brought to you by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, cleanup, and their licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574 223 Two seven six nine, Shroff Landscaping Design with you in mind. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up the first episode for twenty twenty one? Just want to get a couple W's in the book. Um, nice, especially against yeah, the two opponents. Right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely my least favorite two teams. Absolutely. In college basketball. Absolutely. Um, depending on the year, it kind of flip flops. I feel like. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But there have been years Michigan State's yeah. like yeah. right behind them. Yeah. They're definitely uh, one and two. 
one a one b really yeah, uh, yeah that's a good point but it's uh i mean i know we've we've talked about you know we talked about you know before these games that we really didn't expect the two wins against Rutgers in illinois we were going to be ecstatic with a with a with a split but you know we've, we've definitely seen some growth i feel like especially you know i feel like we've as a team, I think we've seen some guys kind of come along, but now it's time to start putting things together. If you want to make a series run the tournament, I mean, the Big Ten is going to offer a lot of opportunities for for good wins. But you know, there's only so many games, and you can't wait until you know mid February to start racking up those wins. So why not start now? Yep, why not start now? It's going to be a fight every night. You got to come prepared. Yeah, you got, you got to lace them up and be ready to play because anybody can knock off anybody. I mean, that's true. Maryland had not been playing well, and they won. At Wisconsin last week, so uh, yep. you never know what it's going to bring, but it's an exciting time. Uh, Big Ten basketball is really in, in the swing of things, and it's, it's going to get uh, intense, even more intense and exciting down on this stretch. But um, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Boiler Break Pod if you haven't already, and like us on Facebook and um, click that subscribe button if you're uh, listening and haven't done that either and if you're listening on apple podcast please give us a rating and review that really helps us out among the other uh the other purdue sports podcasts that are out there because it's it's growing rapidly as we see so uh we like to uh try to set ourselves apart a little bit so um we'll be back next week not sure what day yet but uh that'll be announced on our social media accounts so make sure you give us a follow and webby let's boiler up hammer down and uh beat the spartans boiler up <laughs>